Blog Talk Radio. It's the talk with Mike and Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And yes, it is me, Micah. So very glad to have each and every one of you here with us on this evening for episode number 54. That's right. Episode number 54. A chit chat with the rulers. I'll be having Avion Davenport. Ebony Sherry and Roman Black on my show in just a few minutes. So we're going to sit down with Mr. Black Universe, Miss Black Universe, and Miss Black Universe Grand. All right. And again, I can't believe it's episode 54. I'm actually, you know, going back and forth with RuPaul. She just uh, finished or produced her 53rd episode. And here I am with my 54th podcast or a live show. So I'm very excited about that. Um, remember, if you want to subscribe or follow or listen to all of our previous episodes, you can do so by going to hipcast.com. That's www.hipcast.com. Go to that particular website, click on the directory link at the top, put in the talk w forward slash Micah and friends, and there you'll have all of the episodes to date. Also, if you have iTunes, you can go to the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone, actually, and click on the search at the bottom right, put in the talk w forward slash Micah and friends, subscribe for free, and there you can have on your iPhone as you're at the gym, walking, doing whatever you want to do, listen to the show, the talk with Micah and friends, all the episodes are there as well. Last but certainly not least, the site that makes it happen each and every episode, blogtalkradio.com. Simply go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah, follow us, and there you have it, all 53 episodes and tonight again it's the 54th now to everyone out there that wants to promote their business brand or special event coming up please email us at the talk with micah at gmail.com so i give you all the information on how to get your brand your event or your business advertised on our show okay again if you like to promote your business brand or special event please email us at the talk with micah at gmail.com all right So we're going to go ahead and pay a few bills, and when we come back, we will have the rulers of the universe. As you guys know, I like to support those that are doing great and positive things within the actual LGBTQ community. I like to support those singers, songwriters, those actors, those producers, those entrepreneurs, those authors, all of those great things. So with all of that said, last week I was on Facebook strolling through and I happened to see a post of a young man actually trying to promote his single. And so I listened to the single and one time turned into about 100 times, no lie. So I said I have to actually have played this on my show or end up getting this man on my show 
or if not, both. So tonight I'm actually going to introduce a little snippet of the song. The name of the song is called Jacked. That's right, J-A-C-K-D, Jacked. Some of you have it on your phone. Uh, you know that social app where everybody meet up and do it, do whatever they're going to do. But anyway, so um, I want to promote this young man. His name is Sony Cobain, S-O-N-Y-C-O-B-A-I-N. Again, Sony Cobain. You can actually find the song Jacked on SoundCloud. You can share it. You can download it. You can pass it over to your friends. I don't care. But just go ahead and let's support this young man. And um, it's really catchy. It's really edgy. It's really creative. And he has a nice little flow, too. And he's cute. So let's go ahead and support him. And let's go ahead and listen to, really, really quickly, Jacked by Sony Cobain. Niggas on jacked ain't shit. And all the niggas on grinder looking hit. All these bottoms call they self And all these cops want to be bottoms. My shit's so good. Gotta wrap that shit up. Save it for later. I can snatch a nigga from you. Make the nigga cater. And see him duffel bag full of snow. In the summer, put your nigga under the pokey. The pig, I make him shut up. Just got a notification on the app. Phone, pick the phone, ring it. It's jack. Bottom nigga. Hit me with that head. Be like, unlock for unlockers. But they jab. Be like, they the type of girls that be feeling out of H&M. Trying to make them pieces hit. But it ain't hitting though. Kick game like breakfast. Gotta have them early. Fuck a really day. I Give it to them early. Word of everything, all these niggas whack. Should've never let the pussy niggas smash off a jack. If I be hopped off the boat, got no paper, no stacks. Niggas are like pussy, miss one one, come and cash that. Cash that. Let me cash that, let me cash that. Should've never let the pussy niggas smash off a jack. Off a jack. All you niggas whack, all you niggas whack. Should've never let the pussy niggas smash off a jack. Hey yo, what's up? This is Kendall Brinkley Brown, and here's a preview of my debut single, Why. Available now on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. You got me saying why, why, maybe it's just in my name. Download the hit single Watch, available today on iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play. For more information, please visit www.kindlemix.com. Again, that's www.kendollmix.com. This episode is sponsored by an accredited buyer's representative and million-dollar real estate producer, Jacinda Wright. Jacinda is located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for all of your real estate needs. Now, whether you're buying, selling, or investing, Jacinda Wright is delivering passionate and personal service to all of her clients. Care to get more information about this dynamic realtor in the low country of South Carolina? Please feel free to call her at 843-504-6949. Again, 843-504-6949. Or you may also email her at jacindawright at gmail.com. And that spells... J-A-C-I-N-D-A-W-R-I-G-H-T at gmail.com. I made a promise to myself many years ago before I ever put out a book that I wouldn't produce or put out any type of project if I didn't have something to say. And so I really didn't think that I had lived enough to write a full book, a sequel, but I actually had something to say and I'm actually in love with this new book. 
This new book is actually called One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure. It is the sequel to Words Never Spoken, and I'm actually in love with this new book. <laughs> I'm just as excited about One Thing for Certain, Two Things for Sure, as I was about Words Never Spoken. What's up, everybody? This is Craig Stewart. My book's Words Never Spoken and the follow-up. One thing for certain, two things for sure can be purchased now from my website. That's www.craigtherighterstewart.com. Welcome back, everyone. If you just just actually joined us, you joined us at the best possible time. Um, I would say about 15 years ago, October 27th, I was looking it up today, um, I was at the then Club Chaparral in Atlanta, now called Club Rush, of course. And, you know, lo and behold, a group of individuals, I remember a group of individuals walking in the club with this beautiful goddess of a woman with a jacket draped across her shoulders with a beautiful crown placed perfectly on top of her head. And then the announcement was made by the, by the DJ, your newly crowned Miss Black Universe is in the building, Miss Jasmine Bonet. Now, fast forward a year later, 2002, I call myself going out to the legendary club 708 on Spring Street in Atlanta on a Thursday night, one of the, well, well, one of my favorite nights to go during that time. And I noticed the club was already popping. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? Well, I had just walked in on the NBU review show and Jasmine and Trey had just finished. I remember it was like a Beyonce or Jay-Z duet or whatever that was hot during the time. And it really took the crowd up. At that moment, it all made sense to me. You know, somehow, some way, I got to see Jasmine Bonet win or bask in her glory shortly after winning. And then ironically see her again as she was about to relinquish her title. Um, so from then on, I was definitely hooked on NBU, and I wanted to know more about it. So the following year, I attended a preliminary and, of course, um, went to uh, the pageant in 2003, and I've been going ever since, which now brings me to the present. Um, Halloween weekend 2015, there were three individuals, after a few attempts of wanting to be a part of the universe system, finally getting their chance. And I will say that they have been stellar representatives um, since winning on November 1st, and those that have been following them can definitely attest to that. So right before they kick off their preliminary season, I want to, you know, just take the time out to have a little chit-chat with the three of them, get into their heads a little, let them answer any questions that you guys may have, fans, supporters, family alike, and, of course, to answer a few of mine. So let's go ahead and welcome to the show. I'll go ahead and introduce all of them uh, from Richmond, Virginia, Miss Black Universe Grand, Alvion Arnell Davenport. Welcome to the show. Hi, Micah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. From New Orleans, Louisiana, now residing in Atlanta, Georgia, Miss Black Universe herself, Ebony Sherry. Welcome to the show, Ebony, or welcome back to the show. <laughs> Hello, Micah. How are you? Hi, I'm talk listeners. <laughs> and from Birmingham, Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, now residing in Atlanta, Georgia as well, Mr. Black Universe himself, Mr. Roman Black. Welcome to the show, Roman. Oh, welcome back to the show. I believe Roman was on our show before. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, thank you. So I want to take uh, take this time out again to thank the three of you for, you know, taking the time out to have a little chit-chat with me as well as the community on tonight. And I expect that through our chat we will learn more about you, the person. Somebody got something going on? 
Okay. Uh, more about you, uh, the person, the entertainer, and what you guys have in store for the remainder of your reign as the current NBU representative. Um, to my listening audience, we will allow you to ask questions, provide comments, or whatever throughout the conversation. Um, if you are listening via the phone, please make sure to press the number one on your phone if you would like to be brought into the conversation at some point. Um, also, if you're listening via the link provided on the Facebook announcement and you have a question or a comment, there's a chat room open where you can provide that information as well. And I see a lot of you guys actually logged in, so that's great. Um, so, Rulers, are you ready? Yes. Okay. So, I'm starting ready. off, so starting off um, I always like to get a little background on each of my guests. So let's go ahead and start it off with um, each one of you, or will each one of you uh, give myself as well as the listening audience just a little bit, a little background on yourself, place of birth, childhood memories, your interests, any siblings, that sort of thing. And anyone can start. I won't pinpoint anyone just yet. So anyone can Well, this is Ebony. I'm originally from New Orleans, um, from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, been in Atlanta now for eight years. Before Atlanta, I was in Memphis where I created family and friends, and I just enjoy traveling and, and, and meeting new people and taking up and speaking for people that don't have voices. As you know, I've been on the show before um, talking about some of the things I do within the community as far as me being an advocate for human rights, trans rights, the LGBTQ community and as a whole, and also several Black Lives Matter marches. So that's pretty much my passion. My passion is seeking out injustice wherever it may hide and shining a flashlight to it. Um, recently, I have been traveling and supporting one of my all-time favorite passions and interests, which was and a dream of mine, which was being this black universe, and that has been a part of my life now for the last five years after my fifth attempt, finally. I've come home, and they have accepted me, and I've enjoyed every minute of it, and I'm fortunate to have alongside of me my wonderful king and my great queen. Um, together, I, we are, I always say we're the power of three, um, and I think I couldn't ask for a more cohesive court to complement me and my vision. It's like we all complement each other in so many ways. So I don't believe that, you know, that, that I believe timing is of the essence and there's no such thing as denied. It's delayed and delayed does not mean denied because I believe everything happened for a reason. And this was the appointed time where I was supposed to reap my reap my harvest. And I'm just grateful that I'm able to share it with these three people. And I'm grateful that Black Universe has given me the opportunity and a platform to do what I do and enjoy doing so much. And the fans for supporting me throughout my five attempts. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. So, um, and, and I love all of what you said, especially you supporting the human rights and the LGBT community um, and the injustices within um, communities, um, whether that be inside the LGBT community or outside. So we definitely applaud, applaud your efforts, and we thank you so very much for, for standing up and standing in the gap of that, Ebony. Um, uh, I want to go back to your childhood, though, because we'll go back to the human rights and your passions and all of that uh, a little bit later on. But I want to um, go back to your childhood just to ask you, you know, what is your fondest childhood memory, if you have one? Like, what is your – what do you remember um, – about your childhood that you really cherish and, and hold near dear to your heart? Um, 
As I look back, um, I believe that life is all about connecting dots. And as you get older, you understand why certain things happen. And it's weird that you ask that question because there are staple moments in life. And once you get older, you understand what that defining moment was. When Mm -hmm. I was younger, I've always had a passion for entertaining, and I never was shy, and I never veered away from the thing that made me different or stand out. And when I was younger, it was my ability to speak or sometimes my tone of speaking, and and, and it was also my ability and my appreciation for music. Um, throughout time, when I was younger, I would always read. Um, we had this program called Dear, which was drop everything and read. And the kids that were good at reading, we would take turns going to the kindergarten classes. And every day at 2.30, we would go and read. And I was a part of the Dear program from first grade to sixth grade. And on top of that, I also was on the cheerleading squad. i never forget um, – I was like eight years old, nine years old, and I was excited. I said um, I was the first um, male-born. I don't know if you use the other word, but I was the first that in in my (laughs) school to be a cheerleader. So I um, auditioned, and I was so good that I was co-captain. I was good enough to be captain, but they didn't want to do that because they wanted to um, um, reserve that for someone that was in the fifth grade, and I was just in the fourth or fifth or sixth grade. And I was all excited. I was so excited. I um, I auditioned, and I nailed it, and everybody was in awe. And so I um, I ran home. I was excited. I said, Mama, Mama, guess what? She said, what? I said, I made a chillian squad. She said, you did what? And I remember flying from the living room to the kitchen. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I was that was something I was, you know, happy about. But um, right. that's one of the stigmas that exists, the negative mm-hmm. stigmas that exist in the black households that um, that I try to fight to eradicate. Um, we are so enwrapped in gender roles. And gender roles are important, but I do believe that gender roles are are detrimental to the upbringing of our kids. Gender roles are the things like boys should play with trucks and boys should like blue. Girls mm-hmm. should like pink and play with baby dolls. Those are the gender roles that follow us through life. And with these gender roles, they're kind of they they kind of compartmentalize us. And I just I'm glad now that I live amongst a time where parents are cultivating these talents within their kids at a young age because I can look at so many people, especially my friends in the LGBTQ community, and I look at the passion and the art and the artistry that they have in them, and I just think if our parents would have cultivated those things in us at a young Mm -hmm. age, no telling where we would be now. But because there was such a delayed reaction to acceptance, um, those things were not found. But it's never too late, and I'm glad that opportunities like pageantry and ballroom and these subculture activities give us an outlet to to totally en- enhance who we are that was taken away from us as kids. But I've had some fine memories, but most of all it has been of love and acceptance, but mm-hmm. it also come from a point where it was ignorance, not a negative or bad ignorance, right. but it was a lack of knowledge because a parent didn't know how to deal with a child at that time that was suffering with gender dysphoria or gender identity um, dysfunction, you know, so I, I, I never held that against them because they didn't know how to deal with that. She had to worry about surviving and taking care of her family. So as far as my sexual my sexual orientation or or my gender, she's just the only thing she had to do was say, Well, you deal with that other stuff. I have to now take care of what I know being a mother and thank God all of those other things worked itself out. But that's one of the 
things that stuck out to me, and that's how it connected that. Because I experienced it, and I've learned how to help other people in those situations and other parents deal with their kids. So I, I, I've learned from my past, and I try to help other parents you know, trying to make best of situations so they can have a better understanding of how to deal with the child and rear them and not 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 hide their talent but help them to, 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 to enhance their talent or their gifts. Okay. Well thank you so very much, Ebony. Um and you know I love all all of what you're doing and I love the fact that you say, you know, connecting the dots because definitely that memory as a child definitely connected the dots to what you're you know, what you're doing now. So we definitely appreciate it. Um so I'm gonna pinpoint Roman. Um, Roman, if you can, you know, let the guests know just a little bit about your background, place of birth, childhood memories, interests, any siblings that you may have, that sort of thing. Okay, well, I'm not a talker like Evan, so I'm going to keep it a little brief. Um, <laughs> <You suck. laughs> but I will highlight why I'm at it. That's why we work well, because she is a talker and I'm more of an administrator. So we are a perfect pair. Um, I'm 27 years of age. I was born in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, and I went to school at Auburn University in Montgomery. Um, as a child, I've always wanted to be a singer, but I could never hit that note. Um, I would try my damnest, but it just never seemed to happen. So, which brings me to the current, when I found out that there was a way for me to be an entertainer without having to know how to sing, I definitely studied the art form and did what I could do with it, and now I am who I am today. Um, so, the the mere thought of wanting to be an entertainer when I was a child is is pretty much one of my driving forces as to want to be um an entertainer today. Um childhood memories, there are so many. Um but I think my most embarrassing one I would want to share. Well, it's not my most embarrassing but um just me wanting to be, again, a singer and wanting to get in front of a church choir, thinking that I had the voice that was going to send the church up and I sent the church down. Um, <laughs> from that moment, I just knew that singing wasn't for me. Um, things I like to do in my spare time is travel. I try to get to every city um, that I can, go out and support every person that I can, whether it's in town or out of town. Um, talking on the phone with friends and family. Um, I am the youngest of seven siblings. Um okay. and happy to say two of my siblings are listening live with us tonight. So I do thank them for being a part of my journey um as an entertainer and supporting it to the fullest. And um I think that's about it that I can think of. Was there anything I missed? Um no I, I think you pretty much covered it. <laughs> um <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll go over to uh, Alvion Davenport if she can go ahead and give us a little background on on who she is and where she comes from and all that good stuff. Well, just like Phaedra Park, I'm a Southern Belle from Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Virginia. I'm the youngest of four siblings. Um, I have two older sisters and a brother. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, I will say um, – I was beyond blessed by having a loving family who accepted me from the start. Um, coming behind a boy, my mom kind of already got a clue what was going on with me as far as my tea and sexuality and stuff is of that nature. And she's always made sure that I was treated nothing less than loved and accepted and appreciated and all those things. So there was never really a difference in my household because of my sexuality. In fact, um, one of my 
most proudest moments, um, especially with Black Universe. Um, of course, winning was everything to me, but the crowning joy of it all was having Naisha call my mom up on stage just as Ivy was placing the crown on my head. So my family has always been extremely, extremely supportive of me. They um, all came with me to Black Universe. And if I'm not mistaken, just as Roman, uh, both of my sisters and my mother are listening to the call right now. Um, I am 31 years old. I work in Leeson in Richmond, Virginia. Um, Black Universe was a dream for me, just um, like you, Micah. I went to the pageant with Victoria Snow, who's an icon here in Richmond, and she was competing that year, and I immediately fell in love. I came back to Richmond and told everybody, I will be Miss Black Universe one day. Um, I competed in the small girl of the regular division three times um, with moderate success, and then once they started the plus division and Calexis, my drag mom, was the emeritus, I was like, okay, so now I finally finally found my spot, my place where I'm going to go. So um, I studied and prepared. Um, Archie actually told me one year, he was like, you know what, we see so much potential in you, but we really want to see your potential. Um, in other words, you know, go do something and let us see what you're all about kind of thing. Show the world who you are. So I was fortunate enough to be the first Miss Westland Grand Empress, and that really catapulted my career into traveling and seeing a lot of different people and learning and growing. And I went to MBU Grand and was fortunate enough to win the title on my first time. Um, so that's a little bit about me and my background. Um, one of my fondest memories, as I said, my mom really, really tried her best not to allow any difference in our childhood and stuff of that nature. So I am actually born in November. My birthday falls on Thanksgiving every few years. So I've always was cheated of a birthday party. Mm. Um, it was always like Thanksgiving dinner, and then at the end of it, they'll bring the cake out. So <laughs> it was like I was always cheated of a birthday party. Mm. So um, actually, um, third grade, my mom, my sisters, everybody came to the school and had this big party and surprised me with Ninja Turtles, and I was in love with Ninja Turtles back then and all of that. So that would probably be my fondest memory um, of all, and there was a girl in my class who shared the same birthday, and long behold, she turned out to be a lesbian, and we would always bring each other's gifts to school, and one day her mom actually sent a gift that was unisex to school for me oh, because wow. she, I guess, knew the tea, right. and um, so I took it home. I was kind of confused about it, and I appreciated it, but I was afraid to take it home just because it was different, and when I got at home, you know, my sister crawled into the floor with me, and we played with it just like it was a Tonka truck or anything else, so that's my biggest and fondest memory of my childhood. Okay, great. And you, like you said, you know, as far I can, re- I can relate when it comes down to the birthdays and it being near a holiday or whatever, or even following the holiday. For me, Alvion, my birthday is really close to Christmas. Like, mine is the 21st. Of course, you know, Christmas oh, wow. is the, the 25th. <laughs> you know, but one thing my mom used to always say <laughs> is that <laughs> Because I, I never, I don't like birthday, I mean, birthday parties, nothing like that. But I would always tell people, and she would always say that I would always tell my family members, like, if you're going to give me a gift, you got to give me a birthday gift, and you got to give me a Christmas gift, or don't give me a gift at all. And I'm, and I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. Like, it's, it's no trying to put it all together. Oh, here's one good gift. No, I have a birthday. We don't celebrate your birthday on, you know, in, in that in that manner. So, Treat me with respect and just give me a birthday gift, and then four days later, give me a Christmas gift. So I definitely um, oh, baby, can they look. tried it. They had, they had all kinds of jokes, turkey <laughs> jokes, and put it in the oven, all kinds of crazy. I'm sure. I'm sure they let you have it. 
Well, thank Indeed. you so much. <laughs> thank you guys so very much for just um, shedding a little light on your um, on your background, and of course we'll you know get into. Um, uh, somebody just texted me. It's like I remember you told me that about your birthday. I know, but um, I uh, I thank you again <laughs> for 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 sharing that, and we'll take a deep dive into MBU and and all of that great stuff in just a second. But um, everyone has a start, you know. Everybody didn't. Nobody just woke up and say, okay. You know, I'm going to compete for Black Universe, and I'm going to win, or I'm just going to do – everybody that's on this line started somewhere, somehow, you know. So I would love for the audience, especially for me, too, because I don't know when a lot of you started um, and how you started. So how did you – or how did your alter ego come about? So tell us that story for a little bit. How did that, how did that alter ego of who you are on stage come about? Um, and just tell us maybe about the first time you even witnessed a show or a pageant. And then what made you say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it? And I'll, I'll go to Roman, and then we'll go back to Alvion, and then we'll save Eddie for last. We'll do that. Okay. Okay, so the how I got my start, oh, no, what inspired me, I should say, was um, my very first time going to um, a club. It was in Birmingham Club 21. Um, I witnessed the show. I mean, this time they were having a crowning show for Oris Mays because he had just won Mr. Black America. Mm. Um, so I saw all these guys coming on stage with all these rhinestone jackets and um, all the female impersonators coming on with the rhinestone dresses, and it just was captivating. And at that moment, I said, I need to find out what that all about. So um, I reached out to Oris and asked the you know, what does it take to be a king and stuff? And he was like, Child, it's just a show. You just got to start doing shows first. So he put me on the show. He had a show called New Kid on the Block. Um, and I did my first show, and that's why I met um, Jada, and I met Trinity Chevalier and Daphne Raquel Star and everybody. Um, they were more so backstage um, to guide us, New Kids, as we were doing the show. Um, so after doing the show a few times, I eventually decided that I wanted to try a pageant. Um so my very first pageant was, I think it was called Alabama World Classic or something at the time. And I competed, and, of course, I got last because I really didn't know nothing about pageantry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of bought some DVDs. Um, and I used to go and tear a all the time and do all this reading of what was going on. And <laughs> they used to have this thing called, like, a virtual pageant where people would describe what they would have worn and – what not so in who? Okay, um, no, I'm I'm gonna stop you there, the Roman. I'm I'm gonna stop you there, Roman. Who do you think who do you think created that particular badge? <laughs> do you I remember? remember that was you? I remember yeah. that. <laughs> I created that. But go, go ahead, ahead Roman, Lord, keep going. Jay Lord, yes it was. But go ahead, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um I remember so that. I, I investigated a little more, and I went in. Um, we had a pageant coming up in the city called Platinum. Um, at uh-huh. the time, it was a prelim to Ebony International Newcomer. Um, and I did the pageant, and I won. Hold on, let me rewind. Let me rewind. Um, while I was in college, I met Cameron. Um, he was Mr. I want to say he was either had just given up sweetheart, or he was Mr. Sweetheart at the time. Um, and I me and him started chatting, and I asked him for guidance um, because we would see each other all the time because we were both in um organization called TAS. Um, mm-hmm. So we would always see each other, and we um, began chit-chatting. And so he took me in under his wing, um, introduced me to um, Kobe Black and some other people, and they kind of 
groomed me a little bit just to see what I could do, and I went and did platinum. Um, and I won, and then I went on to Ebony. Um, to I lost my first year, but won it um, the second time. So um, that's how I got my start into the industry. Okay, Club 21 at Oris Mage Crowning Show. Jada Trinity and uh, Daphne Raquel Starr there in the back kind of getting you guys together. And you said the show was called New Kids on the Block. And then it kind of went from there, from Carrie Fitzfield to doing the Platinum Prelim and then Ebony International. Okay. Thank you so very much, Roman, for giving us a little history on how he got started. And um, we're going to go to Alvion now. Is that right? Yes. Okay, for me, um, in high school, we had, um, it was just like homecoming king and queen, but it was called Mr. and Miss Justice, and you could only compete in it once you got to the 12th grade. So my entire high school years, I was so excited about finally being able to compete in the contest to become Mr. Justice. And um, the summer going into my senior year, we did, the school system got a new principal for my high school, and she was all holy and, holier than thou and all into the Bible and that kind of things. And when she came into the school, she changed the format because she didn't believe that males should compete in pageants, yada, 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 yada. So they cut out the Mr. portion of the competition my senior year and only had the Miss Justice competition. I was crushed, heartbroken, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So one night a group of my friends and I, we had just turned 18. Maybe some of us were not 18 yet. Anyway, that's anyway. But we ended up going to the club Godfrey's, which where I am the show director now. And um, that night, they were on the mic talking about a competition called Calendar Girl of the Year. But they said that the contest was open to boys and girls. This was the first time we had ever been to a club. This was the first time we had ever saw a show. And we were sitting by like, oh, my God, these men got on dresses and wigs. Oh, I'll never do that. That's a mess. What in the world? I don't want to be no woman. I'm just gay. I like boys. Mm-hmm. Like, we was just, like, going in and letting them have it. <laughs> and... um so the MC um, was telling us was talking about the pageant on the mic. So at the end of the night, my friends was like, "Oh my God, you should do the you should do the pageant." You remember you wanted to do Mr. Justice, and I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." And so I went and asked the MC about it, and she was saying this. She was like, "Miss Thing, the way you talk to me, you should enter as a girl." And I was like, "Oh no, uh, uh-uh, no, ma'am, I'm uh, oh oh no." So all my friends heard her, and they dared me to do it. So I got myself together to do the contest. Needless to say, I was horrible, but I ended up winning the contest because we put so much effort into it. When I tell you that we cleaned out our piggy banks and went to the thrift stores and the Goodwills and mm. everything, so like it was like only two categories actually it was a monthly thing that led to of the of the year contest so it was only you had to represent something from the month and then do a talent so we did um black history month and my friends were so creative they took these little uh styrofoam cups and broke leaves off the trees and glued cotton balls on them and like put them on the floor in the club like we were slaves picking cotton doing black oh, history wow. month it was a mess <laughs> but it, needless to say needless to say i won that night and um, from there, the rest of it was just kind of like, you know, people in our community here in Virginia, like Victoria Snow and Avantis Over King and back then for McCray, those ladies were like, oh, little girl, you got something. We see something in you. And they all just started to, you know, help me out and nurture me and show me the ropes and what to do. And at the time, the club was owned by a guy named Jeff Willis, who um, became my drag mother. 
later on in my career, and he would sew me stuff and put me on the show, and, you know, it just constantly gave me those opportunities to help build my stage presence and to be an entertainer and, you know, that kind of thing. So that's where it all started for me. Um, my first attempt at Calendar Girl of the Year, I did not win because it was just pretty much like borrowing something from this girl, borrowing something from that girl because I knew no better. And right. then so the second year around, I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm going to have to show them. So I went to Victoria, and she sold me some stuff. And I was actually victorious my second time, and I won the Calendar Girl of the Year contest. And then from there, I just kind of skipped over a lot of the newcomer stuff, which was something that I kind of regretted at this point mm. in my career because I think that that would have given me more um, national practice for, like, contests and, you know, how to prepare for a national pageant because I think that that's what those newcomer pageants are for. But, you know, my head was so big, and I jumped right into it. It was a pageant called Demean International. LaVelle mm. Houston used to own it. Yeah. And um, Alexis Gabrielle and Marissa and Sheena Devine and um, Natasha Braxton, just to name but a few, were all formers. And the year I entered the contest, it was, like, nine girls. Coco LaBelle was in the pageant. Furrow was in the pageant and I won hey Coco um and no shade I love Coco and um <laughs> it just like went from there so as back like I said earlier I went to Black Universe with Victoria she was competing and I absolutely fell in love to me it was like the epitome of drag like there was nothing better than that it was the first year I went was the year that Marissa and Christopher Iman won and mm-hmm. I was completely in love I went to the pageant one year and I competed the next year like I wasted no time it was it was like baby I got to be a part of this so I just started right. learning and going from there and here I am now all right, all right. Come on, Calendar Girl of the Year. Now, do they still have the Calendar Girl of the Year? Do they we still do have not that have that anymore. Mm. No, we don't have that anymore. But as the show director, it's something that I want to bring back because I firmly believe in the education of the newcomers, and I think that's a good way to get them the, the training and stuff that they need to grow. So okay. as the show director, I'm considering bringing that back to Godfrey's. All right, Calendar Girl of the Year. I may even come and attend and support you if you bring it back. Calendar girl, Come on, do December. We'll get you <laughs> <Okay>. a <your> gift. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you so very much, Avion. And now, Ebony, I know she's been over there resting. So, Ebony, um, tell us about, you know, how did your office come about? Where did Ebony Sherry come from? Where did she derive from? You know, how did everything get started for you? Well, Ebony um, came from my drag mother, India Sherry. Um her thing was she um, wanted to create a family of beautiful women. Um, each of us had rare skin tones. We were named after skin colors or colors like I was, I'm Ebony, and I had an Aunt Crema, and at the time we had a mahogany, which was which, <laughs> Tyra is mahogany. Tyra was a Sherry as well, but she's a fox now. But she was mahogany, and then we had... Um, the mocha, and we have a few other colors that were um, associated with our brand. But um, she was the person that um, saw something in me that I didn't see because at that point in my life, I just wanted to be the woman I am, and none of that other stuff even. I, I can't. I came to the shows and supported it, but I had mm-hmm. more friends that were into it. Like God bless the dead, Allegro White, which is like a sister slash mother to me. She was. I was in her corner supporting her, and at the time, Tyra was into shows, and I would support them, but that wasn't a passion of mine. I just wanted to have, 
you know, the dream, the picket fence with the family and the husband right. and the dog and the kids, all of that other stuff didn't matter to me. Um, and I guess it's like, you know, they say once you be around people sometime, you know, you, you, you develop some of their desires as well. So the more mm-hmm. I be, more hung around them, we develop some of the same mutual entrance, uh, and one of them was, I guess it started to be a patch, and they was like, well, you're going to do a patch. And I'm like, I don't know. I said, I like the attention that the girls are getting, but I don't know if it's for me. I don't know about the hair and the makeup and all of that. All of that is a bit much for me. And it was like, well, no, you know, you know, you give it a try. Give it a try. I'm like, okay. I said, well, let me see. I think I'll do a pageant. It was like, well, we got to get you ready. So I'm excited. I was enjoying the process mm-hmm. of preparing. <laughs> and once the pageant got close, it was like, well, now we got to practice hair and makeup. I said, practice it? Now, this is a, I, I didn't know you had to sign up for all of that. <laughs> then it was like, well, now you have to rehearse your talent in front of us. I said, talent? I said, well, I got this. They say you. They say you know what you're doing. I say, oh yeah, I got this. They played the music. I never forget. It was my first talent was Samantha Fox. The pants they on. Girl, they say you got. This. I said, yeah, I got this. So the music came on. I did one little spin and I fell into a split. They said, oh yeah, baby, she know what she doing. She got this. She got this. Girl, lo and behold, the first thing <laughs> I did was New Orleans newcomer. That was. Um, I think in nineteen ninety seven, ninety nine yeah. Nine newcomer was nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven or ninety eight, one of them. Um, well, lo and behold, it had to be ninety seven going into ninety eight. Ninety seven going into ninety eight. I did the pageant. Um it was a nightmare for me. <laughs> nothing went nothing went right. Um I had paid somebody for Clothes and none of the clothes were ready. I end up having to borrow other people's clothes, and I, and I was real tiny then. I even had to rent a dress from Auntie Terrellette's girl. Oh, wow. So I wore her dress, and I, I I had I had the pad, which was horrible for me. I was like, oh, I, you know, I just I I didn't feel like a woman at all in that pad, and I'm like, <laughs> then I came out there, I had all this makeup on, and I'm like, this can't be for me. And I said, well, I'm going to push through it. I'm going to push through it. I'm going to push through it. Um, the judges aired me out on the school sheet. They told me that my hair was crazy and that I needed all more make. I was like, oh, this not for me. I was like, well, do they have something that's a little more soft? You know, and they mm-hmm. was like, well, um, i never forget Tamara. She probably don't even remember this. But she was at New Orleans Newcomer, and because she was traveling, back and forward to the city a lot in New Orleans because she was a former Miss Heavenly at Large. She, me, her, had, um, you know, would communicate. You know, Tamara, she's very much the approachee when it comes to oh, marketing yeah. something. Oh, so yeah. she approached me, and she was like, well, I'm going to keep your number because I see something in you. You have potential. I said, oh, girl, here she go with this chill. <laughs> and I heard that before. So she, um, she still said she the said, same no, thing. Really, really. She said, really, no. So she called me like, Four or five months later, she said, well, Ebony, how are you? She said, there's a contest down this way. I think you will be very well in it. I said, really? A contest? I said, well, I don't know. She said, trust me. I said, what's the categories? She said, presentation is white. It's not judged. Um, evening gown, slim suit, and talent. And if you want question and answer, you can handle that. You speak really well, you know, and you, you can handle that. I said, oh, I guess I'll think about it. So I ran it by Allegra and Tyra and stuff like that. They was like, you should give it a try. And they said, what's the name of the pageant? 
They say, um, I say Alabama Continental. They say, what? <laughs> this, I say, yeah. I say, um, I, I, I want to do it. I think I can. I, I think I can take it. I want to do it. They say, you sure? I say, yeah. So I went to prepare for the contest. Didn't know what I was getting into. Went down to Alabama, honey. Um, lo and behold, it was a bloodbath. It was 12 girls. I was, um, it was 12 girls, but I only remember one person being in the contest, and that was the winner. Um, I was first runner up, though. The winner was Alexis Gabrielle Sherrington. And that was the year she won Alabama Continental. And then I'll forget that. And Continental was my second pageant. Well, yeah. Prelim was my second pageant. Yeah. The third pageant I ever did was Continental 1999, the year Tommy won. I didn't have a clue what was going on. I didn't have a clue what a pageant was. But I just know when I got to Chicago, that was one of the times in my life where I felt so much love and acceptance. And I didn't even feel like I was in a contest because I felt at home because I was around other women that I felt comfortable with, that identified, right. that, that I felt comfortable with because we mirrored each other and 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 I and they, we identified with each other and. And that was one time when they took me, when I was in the dressing room, I didn't even feel like I was in a contest because they was like, I guess they were nice to me because they felt like I was clueless. But they were like, you need anything? I felt like a kid around a bunch of mothers. They gave me jewelry. They dressed me. They, you know, That's the type of experience it was for me. Mm. And, and, and that's one thing that I will never forget. And that's why whenever I'm in a place... I try to be that to others. Even when competing this year for Universe, the contestants in the back will tell you, even though, you know, it felt kind of weird or funny for me, I had been to Universe so many times before to where I was more comfortable with the formalities of it, and I tried to, to share that comfortability with the other contestants because someone, you know, someone um, shared that with me, and I thought it was my job to give that to others. So that was my experience, and... Henceforth, and here I am now. So, all right, from from just an average everyday woman to a beautiful national title holder. All right, Ebony, and you said the song was called Samantha Fox. With Samantha Fox, what was the name of the song? I want to hear it. I, I, I forgot, girl. I forgot. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to pull Samantha Fox up. Okay. Well, great. It's it's no, um, girl. It's, I saw Amber do it, and I just fell in love with it. And I saw Amber do it. And I say I can do what she doing. So, girl, I got a copy of it and. Yeah, that was that on that. <laughs> and that's that on that. <laughs> well, thank you. you um, got to <laughs> Probably not even now. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but thank you so very much for your um, for your background on how everything got started. <laughs> so um, let, let me let me uh, let before we really um, get into uh, you know universe and we'll talk about that for the remainder of our conversation. Um, but I, I always like to ask people this question. For some reason, it stumps people, but um, we'll see how it does for you guys. Um, what's a? I'm, I, I want to know what are what are your pet peeves? But I want you to break your pet peeves um, down. So I want you to give me a pageant pet peeve, and I want you to give me a personal pet peeve. So a pageant pet peeve and a personal pet peeve, and I'll we'll go right back to Ebony if if you can give me a pageant and a personal pet peeve. Um. Pageant pet peeves for me are when you hear that something is rigged or this particular system is not for you. Um, I, that's a pageant pet peeve of mine. I believe that determination and will unties any knot. Mm. Um, a personal pet peeve is 
um, bad hygiene, body odors. Okay. All right. So if somebody comes by you and they're talking to you, whatever, and their hygiene just reeks, what do you do? Do you normally just tell them <laughs> or do you walk away? Like how does that how does that work out for you? Um, I exit the conversation real quick. I say, I'm going to call you. I'll text you. I'll hit you up on Facebook. <laughs> good, good answer, good answer. So your pageant pet peeve is one of hearing about people saying, you know, things are being rigged or whatever the case may be. And your personal pet peeve is just bad hygiene, which I can definitely under, um, understand and, and get with you on that. Uh, Roman, what are your, what is your pageant pet peeve and what's your personal pet peeve? Uh, my pageant pet peeve would have to be. Uh, it may sound crazy, but my, when people say professional, um, the reason I, that is my pet peeve is because everybody has a different, I guess, outlook or definition of the word professional. Mm-hmm. So when you tell me that I need to act professional, or even when I get in question and say, um, uh, the ideal king is being a professional. Like, what is a professional? Because what you think a professional is is not what I think a professional is. So I've yet to see exactly what is a quote-unquote professional in the industry. Um, A personal pet peeve of mine is when somebody sends me a text message and say, call me. And I'm thinking to myself, why didn't you just call me in the first place instead of sending me a text message? Right. That's a good one. All right. And we'll talk about that professional right after um, (laughs) Albion answers her question. Um, and we're going to talk about that professionally in a second. Uh, but thank you, Roman. And uh, Alvion, what are your pet peeves, pageant and, and personal? Um, I, I have a few pageant pet peeves, but I would say the the strongest one of them all would be the attitude of contestants um, at the end of the contest, wanting to you know, be upset with the judges and that kind of thing. Baby, you knew mm-hmm. when you came out here for presentation who was judging you and what the, the case was. Sometimes, you know, you're told in advance of that kind of thing. So, you know, to get at the end of the contest and want to read the judges and you want to fight and, you know, act the clown and then turn around and come back to the pageant next year, I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves mm-hmm. is the, the, the lack of, you know, sportsmanship and the attitude. You know, it's, it's supposed to be fun, and, yes, you put a lot of money into it and a lot of effort and energy. I get that. I understand. But you have to remember that pageants are a gamble and pageants, you know, you're being judged. Somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. So I think bad, you know, sportsmanship is my biggest pet peeve. Um, as far as in personal life, my biggest pet peeve above everything in the world is a liar. Um, whether I'm being lied on or lied to, it just absolutely bloods, boils my blood. My mom taught us, you know, the truth would always set you free. The truth is the light. And her favorite one is she always said, I'm going to tell you what God loves. And, of course, that's the truth. So, you Amen. know, I just absolutely hate a liar. Yes. That sportsmanship, I talked about that on my show before. I always say you need to be mentally prepared for the win and you need to be mentally prepared for the loss. And I don't think a lot of people I agree. I, I won't say a lot, but I'm saying um, there are some out there that they prepare for all these categories but don't prepare for the mental part of it. You know, you have to be mentally prepared just to even compete, let alone win a pageant right. or lose a pageant, you know. So that's very important. So I, I love that. And, um, Avian, you know, I talked about that before. So um, the attitude of contestants, sportsmanship, that's a, a, a powerful one. A liar, that, that, is, that is a good one, being lied oh. on or lied to. Um, that's a good one as well. So I love all of you guys' pet peeves. And I'm going to go to Roman uh, Professional. 
um, because I think, you know, the way of thinking for some is that national title holders should uphold themselves in high esteem and be professional at all times. But we also understand that title holders are also human, you know. So my question or topic or whatever is, should title holders have a personal opinion via social media? Or should they just keep quiet, so to speak, and not involve themselves with anything that will put them in a position for the masses to question their true validity as a national title holder or as that national title holder? So anyone can... Um, so are you asking as, as in the current or in the title holder, like as been a title holder or... Um, just, just, title, like, just, just title holders. Yeah, just national, just national title holders. Should they have... Because, you know, again, people go out and say, oh, well, you know, they should be professional and they should do this. And they do, you know, that is a, a way of thinking. That's an old, it could be an old way of thinking. I think it's still a way of thinking for, for most is that you should, you know, hold yourself to high esteem. You should be very professional, this and the other. But we are all human. Title holders are, are human. You guys are human. I'm human or whatever. So we still should have that right to say certain things or whatever. But just, you know, what's your, what's your opinion on it? Should, should, should title holders even have a personal opinion via social media as they're reigning? I, I'm I'm going to say I do think they should have an opinion. Um, as I said in my question and answer at Black Universe, actually my question was geared around social social media. And as I said, you know, just as the Bible says, power lies within your own tongue, and what you put out into the universe is most of the time one of the things you're going to get back. Um, I believe that with anything that you say or do in life, you should have respect and dignity, whether you're a title holder or you're just a person. You should always respect yourself and put things out there that you are only willing to give back in return. Um, actually, I'm glad you brought this up because this is one of the things that I've been struggling with as Ms. Black Universe Grant is, you know, when and where to voice my opinion because of the backlash that can come from it or the, mm. the negative way that it can be taken. And I've just finally owned it to myself and respect myself enough to know that people will respect you more for being a real person. Yes, we want these title holders to be professional, quote-unquote. Yes, we want them to be the best of the best. But if you think about it, all of the best of the best voice their opinions. Martin Luther King voiced his opinion, whether people liked it or not. Barack Obama, our president, voices his opinion, whether people like it or not. But in that voicing their opinion, they've always done it with respect and dignity. Now, people will always remember that and respect them as such because of those facts. So, in my opinion, yes, the title holder should have a voice, and yes, the title holder should be allowed to say things and to voice their opinions as long as they remember to respect themselves before even considering respecting the pageant or the brand or the owners or whoever. If you respect yourself, then you wouldn't, you know, everything else with that will come behind it. That was one of the things that, you know, in my former reign of a pageant of a, of a national system, I won't say which one, um, but I had, an issue with the owner. There were various things that we just bumped heads about. And at the end of my reign, you know, I thought that we were going to have an issue as far as like payout and all that kind of stuff, because she may have been upset, but she said for herself, if nothing else, I respect you because you stood up for yourself and you said what you felt and you did it respectfully. So I do agree that we should have a voice, national title holders, anybody, not just national title, people in general, respect yourself and people will respect you and your opinion. 
Love the love the response. Love it. Okay, thank you, Alvion. I agree. I agree. Um, but but like I said, with respect, you know. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll say my my little piece after. Go ahead. Um, whoever, Roman or um, Ebony, you can tag on to what she's saying. Um, I have to believe you. Um, national title holders should. Um, they do have a voice. And they should use they should use their platform to to enhance their voice. I believe the bigger the platform, the further your words travel. That's one of the reasons why it was I was so eager to be um, a national representative because I speak content when I speak. I, the words that I speak have content, and and I believe that their words that I, when I speak to people, it can be very useful. So I try to make sure that when I do speak, it is of a, it can be of assistance to someone. So because when I do speak, that people have respect for it, they know it's not coming from a ill place. That's why I'm very mindful of what I attach my brain to, and and the things that I support while. Uh, being a national representative, um, it's hard because now when you get on Facebook, you see how now we have cyber bullies that are a part of our community, and yeah. they attack people and they and they attack them and and it's hard for me to be resilient in that place because it, it's hard for me to watch somebody being targeted, you know, because we are human and these people are using their their they use their power and their voice and they're using their status to attack people and I really have a problem with that but those type of situations make it hard for me to, to, to really stay in my place and not and, and, and not and not get involved in it but mm-hmm. you know that's not my place to get in that because all you know you, you can't fight with pigs in the mud and win because they're home and right. when, you restu- when you stoop to their level you'll never win so I still try to remain humble in that process, even though it irritates me and aggravates me that people use their privilege or their power to belittle someone. I try to use my opinion and my power and my platform to be of substance and to be of use to someone. If I can't speak words that were that would uplift someone or can be that can be helpful or educational or um or inspirational, I left my personal thing, I don't speak. That's just yeah. me. I'm, I'm not saying you. that's a take that everybody else has. But mm-hmm. when you're a leader, people look to you for positive leadership. That's right. And if I cannot if I cannot if I cannot disperse that out to you, I feel like there's nothing that I can see at this moment. And I will retract I will pull back until I have something that I can give you that's worthy of me expressing to you. That's just me, that's just how I am. I treat people how I want to be treated. There's a lot of negative things that you'll receive, but it's the positive things sometimes are the ones that stick the most because I tell people all the time, in this community, we are, we, 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 we want love and acceptance. And it's hurtful when you are love, when you are ostracized and looked down upon in the world and we come to this place that's supposed to be a safe haven and we experience the bullying and the ridicule and the judgment. Mm-hmm. This is supposed to be a judgment-free zone because this we are the people that the world we're in, we're supposed to be in it together. They have allocated <laughs> us to this particular place, and we're supposed to be in this together. So I do believe that if I can't speak words of affirmation to my brothers or my sisters or speak positivity or light, if you know, if I can't speak to that in you, I don't say anything. That's right. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And that, and that's kind of like how, what, what, you know, my way of 
uh, of going, especially floating through social media and, and, and whatever my presence is and whoever, how, whoever and how people respect me, you know, um, I appreciate it, you know, but I just, I have to kind of just, if I don't have nothing nice to say, I'm just not going to say it at all because I really don't have the time, you know, to, to really take a deep dive into all the mess and the negativity. So I just kind of look at it and keep it moving. So um, that's kind of, I wish that yeah. some of those professional title holders, or I wouldn't say that some of those title holders or people that we hold in high esteem would do. Um, if you don't have nothing to say, it, you know, nice to say, don't say it at all. Um, Roman, what, what do you, do you want to tag anything to, um, to the professional or the professionalism of title holders and social media and all of that? <laughs> Well, I, I mean, both of my queens really covered it all. Um, mm-hmm. I do think that everybody should have a voice, and you should be allowed to voice your opinion um, because you're human. You have a freedom of speech. Um, however, I don't think it's what you say. It's how you say it. Mm-hmm. And I think if you think twice, it's all about delivery. And I think, you know, some things are better accepted. Everybody's not going to always agree with your opinion. However, it's your opinion, and if you want to voice it, voice it. All right. Well, thank you so very much. How 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 is imp- how important is it, um, Alvion? I'm just gonna pinpoint you. How important is it um, for you to be able to not only work with the board of a pageant, but also your counterparts? And now your counterparts for this year is Roman and Ebony. How important is that to you and and your title as Miss Black Universe Grand? Well. Um, Honestly, to me, it's just like everything else, like in my in my you know daytime job or when I was in school and the student council and all that kind of stuff. Everyone knows that as a team together, everyone achieves more. And I just think that working together, we can you know definitely. It's just like they say, a vigil, it takes a village to raise a child. I look at most of my things as a child. You have to put that love and effort and everything into it so that you can produce something that will constantly grow and something that will constantly give back and something that will constantly learn and grow and, you know, move forward. So that's how it is. So it is extremely important for me um, with the black universe well, with any system, to be connected to the board and to be connected with my counterparts. Um, As I told Ebony and Roman at the start of our reign, you know, Black Universe had been around 20 years or more before they started the Grand Division. And in the past years, it's always been like Mr. and Ms. Black Universe, oh, yeah, and Ms. Black Universe Grand. It's never been like the combined rulers of the universe to me. So that was one of the things that I told them that I wanted to focus on. I wanted it to always be us. Um, and if you guys have taken notice, whenever we've been extending an offer to entertain, like at Renaissance and at Black America, we've tried to find things that will be all-inclusive of all of us. It, it wasn't just Ebony and Roman or Alvion and Roman or Roman by herself or Alvion by herself. It was always something that we could try to be inclusive, you know, of all of us because, like you said, working with them and working with your counterparts is extremely important. We've all got got to be on the same page that we can, you know, produce a great brand for ourselves and also the pageant system. So to me, it is extremely important to be in line with our counterparts. And as Ebony and Roman said earlier, we just kind of worked so well together. It's like three pieces to a puzzle. You know, each one of us have great things or great attributes or personality traits that just mesh so well with the other, you know, like, where one is lacking, the other one has it, or where one is, you know, questioning, then we can answer those questions. And I think that collectively we work so well together. And, you know, as far as, like, the board, especially with Black Universe, has arrived.
happened in the past, but something that Roman um, has really been working with us and we've had great success with is that we've been doing conference calls. Whenever we have a question about something, we all get on a, on a conference call. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we laugh and giggle and I won't say our stuff we do, but we get on there and, you know, it's it's a communication thing, you know. And mm-hmm. we, I think we work well together and I think that is extremely important. And any system I've worked well, worked with in the past, I'm a very great administrator, so it's always been, you know, an easy, breezy thing for me because I, you know, work well with, like, administrative stuff. Yeah, and 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 you said a lot that I um, that I gravitate towards, especially with me being a director and have been been involved in pageantry for Hello. so long. Can can you hear me? Hello. Hello. I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, okay. Just wanted to make sure because somebody was like, "Hello, hello." But um, but no, I'm as here. A, okay, so Ebony, you're here. Roman, are you here? I'm here. Okay, and Alvion, can you hear us? <laughs> Alvion? Yeah, she was just uh, talking. Yeah, she was, but she must have dropped off. But um, still, 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 still back. Yeah. Alvion, is that you? Okay. Alvion, the grand ruler. Has left the conference. Okay, see, yeah. it was Alvion. Oh, She'll yeah. be back. But, um, you know, learning and growth, you know, and her saying, talking about being inclusive and not inclusive and, and the perfect union. Um, so I, that leads to the perfect union thing. I wrote that down because that kind of leads to what I want to ask. And I'll ask, you know, Roman or um, Roman or Ebony. I want to say Toya so bad. <laughs> Roman or, or Ebony. Um, <laughs> what, you both have been involved in pageants, have had, you know, kings and queens that you've had to reign alongside with or whatever. But this is a perfect union. I agree with that. You guys work well together, you know. Um, I truly believe that. But what about the times when you don't work arrived. So, what, what about the times when you don't work so well with your king or your queen? How, what, what's your best advice to those that are about to get into pageantry or, or have had issues with their counterpart? You know, how, how did you work through that? Or what is your advice for people that, you know, um, encounter that throughout their reign? Because sometimes you get paired with people that you just you really don't like. Yeah. And you know what? That's something, honestly, that coming into the contest, I didn't know who I was going to reign with. Um, I knew I had a few people that I wanted to reign with. But, of course, with pageantry, you know, you can prepare for yourself, but you can't prepare for the others. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't know who was going to be my counterparts. But I knew that I had a purpose and I had a mission and I had things that I wanted to do. So I had to prepare according to what I wanted. And that means, so I had to take a double scoop of whatever it was I wanted. I knew I wanted to be active in the community. I had to take act, I had to take double steps to reach out to the community. So all of the things that I wanted, I had to take double portions of that for myself because I didn't know if the other people that I was going to, my counterparts were going to be able to be supportive or of assistance of what I wanted. So in those kind of situations, I think you just have to totally prepare for success on your own. And when you are, that's when life period, when you're happy, it's easy for you to find people to add to your happiness. When you're relying on somebody else to give you something that you can give to yourself, it's always failure. Yeah. You have to, you know, when you're already where you want to be, you have people that add to it. And fortunately, it, it it just so happened that we all were on the same path. I have been in um 
I've had kings before where I'm not going to say I've never had a bad king, thank God, but we just were not as proactive as I am now with my court that I am now, but we still didn't have any turmoil. Maybe it's because we didn't set a high standard for the Mm -hmm. things of the past, but Mm -hmm. we still didn't have any lack of communication. Mm -hmm. The thing to me that really, you know, with this one is that we had such high standards. I had such high standards for this one coming into it because I already knew what I wanted to do with universe. I know universe is the system that, that you know, that, that that's one of the systems that's in a household, in a community, and the impact of it and the reach of it. And, you know, it, I call universe the, um, the universal spider. It has so many legs and it's able to reach the different, the distance of things that are abnormal. And I love that about the system. And I knew with something of that magnitude, I had to be extra correct in things that I was preparing has left the conference. And with my with my court, I think we all have mentally been on, I think I summoned them, or we summoned each other. You know how you speak into the universe? Mm-hmm. I think we spoke into the universe and we connected each other in that area. So we complemented each other. But like I said, in the past, I have had kings, and we have had courts where we didn't, it wasn't a failure, we just didn't set on such high goals. Right. If you understand what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Roman, what 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 do you um what do you want to add? Um, I think he's I, trying to get back. No, oh, know. oh, you back on. I've had kings and I've had kings and I'm sorry. I've had queens where I didn't um let's see how the best way to put it. I didn't take advantage of the reign that I knew that I could have um mm-hmm. because my counterpart didn't have the same visions as me. Mm-hmm. Um, but after going through it so many times, because as a newcomer, I I never believed in per se raining. I only rain maybe twice as a newcomer. All everything else was just let's go do a pageant and get the money. Mm-hmm. Um, so within those rains, um, some of those girls, I will say that I actually possibly um took away from them because they probably did want to rain and do things with the system, um, that I just didn't see myself doing because you know I probably didn't view certain systems like that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, throughout my learning and with the, throughout my growth, um, I'm now at a spot to where if my queen doesn't have the same vision that I have, I might have to realize that we're, we're separate entities and I have to make my reign what I want it to be and I can't make my reign lackluster just to accommodate my queen. Um, however, I don't want it to look like we're two separate people or two separate reigns. Um, so I've become a master at shadowing certain things. However, um, I can't scale back um, anymore, especially... Um, after my reign is complete with universe, I feel like I've set such high standards with myself. Um, whatever that I'm fortunate enough to win next, I'm not going to um, scale back if I feel like my queen isn't living up to what I wanted her to be. Good. I, I, I love all of your responses. And I, I think that, and, and you guys can say yay or nay, but I think that when we look at pageantry, we look at it, let's say, 10 years ago and then five years ago and then now. You know, social media is really high and, you know, promos and, and then all these appearances and all of that, all that stuff now is really taking precedence. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a bigger responsibility now. And I think more so now compared to five or ten years ago, the responsibility is big, you know. So I think that when it comes down, and this is only my advice from what I've been accustomed to and what I do with people that I'm associated with, is that when it comes down to reigns, is that, after you sign that contract with your king and your queen and your promoter, CEO, whatever the case may be, and, you know, you go back to your respective homes 
you know, call them up and just have a conversation. What are you ex- what what are your hopes for your reign? What do you want to do? What do you what have you all what have you dreamt about? You know, as being Mr. Black this or Miss Black that or Miss this or Miss that. You know, what are your what are your hopes and dreams? What do you want to do? What do you want to get accomplished? And then you tell them what you, what what are your hopes and dreams and aspirations and what do you hope right. to accomplish? Right. And, the, and and after you had that conversation, then you guys can build upon your your reign together. And again, you like Roman said, you guys may come from different entities or whatever, but there may be some um, something that's very common or something that's very familiar or something that's very neutral that you guys can kind of work through. You know, versus let's forget the attitudes and the prima donnas and all of that. At the end of the day, we are reigning for this particular system, and we are we are currently the face of this particular system. So let's do whatever we have to do. You know, be professional about it, Roman. Let's be professional about it, but let, let, let's move on, you know, <laughs> let's move on at a steady pace, you know. So I think that, you know, that's something that I tell, especially my juniors, is that let's sit down. Let, tell, me, tell me what's up. Tell me what you want to do. I'll tell you what I expect, and I'll tell you what this contract says, but tell me what you want to do because at the end of the day, you have to reign. I don't have to reign, and I'm not going to reign for you. You know, so I think that that is something that if people are not doing that, and I know that you guys have done that because you said that just in the phone conversation tonight alone, and basically the things that you're presenting to the community and to these pageants, we see that. That's evident, and that's great, and I love it. And I just wish that more, or I would like to see more people do that. So, therefore, when the kings and queens are out there, it's a more cohesive unit. So I definitely have to give you guys applause and, you know, pat on your backs for that because it is to be commended. Um, do you guys so think much. you're welcome? Do Do you guys think that? And I have a few more questions. Um, do you guys think? And again, anybody <clears throat> listening, if you have a question, you know, I see you guys here. Um, you can definitely press one. But do you think we still need pageants that cater to the African American community or African American entertainment? And explain why or why not. I'll I'll go last with this one. If anybody else wants to say. <laughs> I was going to put about out because we just had this conversation on our drive back from um, Virginia. So I know mm-hmm. everything you're going to say is pretty much everything I would have said. So <laughs> you can go ahead and answer that. <laughs> um, I think that, yes, those pageants are still needed, just like with everything else in life. Um, you know, some people will – only identify with their people. Some people will feel more comfortable around their people. And I think that the pageants that we already have, especially the older ones like Black Universe and Black uh, America and Black Continental, those pageants you have to remember were started in a time where it was not fair to us. So I think ending those pageants or stopping those opportunities will kind of let the legacy of why they started die. And Mm -hmm. I firmly believe that you have to remember where you came from. So I I firmly believe that they're, they still are needed. Um, Just as, you know, a lot of people will pin certain pageants. Um, You know, they'll say Continental is a fishy pageant. USA is for rhinestones and dancers. And this pageant is for that. And Miss Gay America is strictly for boys. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think that, just because it's black universe and that's more racial or black America, you know, it actually pinpoints what everybody else is thinking pretty much. I don't think that it should be set aside or that we should stop those things because, you know, of the way that the world is changing. I think that that platform is amazing for our people. Um, So, yes, I do believe that they should still stick around. 
Um, <laughs> I'm trying. To, I'm trying to condense this. You know, I can get kind of long winded. Um, I, honestly, um, two years ago, I, I up to two years ago, I was kind of like, you know what? I I started to feel like we were falling off the need of it. You know, I felt like our dispersal out into the other other communities, we have become successful with the other systems, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, we're sending our representatives to really just nail it, and we're being so successful, and there's not a need. And that's sometimes what what happens when when we look at small term, when we look at temporary success. Um, that temporary success only takes place because we have a permanent structure. The permanent structure for us is black universe and black America and the systems like that because they put us through a grueling process or a training process and they help build character and build strength in you that makes it, make you successful and resilient when you step outside of the boundaries of or the confines of your home, you know. And mm-hmm. when you go to these other systems, you're able to, I always say, if you can walk, and high heels on the on on rocks or concrete, you can walk on high heels on the stage because when you learn how to walk through cracks and still be resilient, that 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 builds your character and your stage presence, and that's a lot of times what the black systems do. Another thing, a reason why I feel as though they are needed, um, is because I still don't feel as though we have we have got to that plateau where. They should be the way it should be disassembled, disassembled to me. I I still go to pageants sometimes, and I see where there's a lack of connection and the communication with us. I still go to pageants sometimes, and I see how we are so bamboozled by the operation of the others to where we don't celebrate each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I just was at a pageant not too long ago where I saw um, a person in our community compete. And they were doing extremely well, but once the system opted to accept others, I saw the person from the other persuasion come and do mildly what the other person did, but our people were so receptive of that. And when I look at stuff like that, I still see where we have a negative stigma that exists on us that we still have not shaken. That's why I still believe we have to be more affirming in our space in the black communities, in the black culture, especially in the black pageant. And that's why I do believe it's needed because with black universe, black America, we are we affirm each other in that space. You know, that place is where we get love and we yeah. get acceptance and we get the confidence and the love so we can go to the continentals and the places outside of that or in Thailand or wherever it may be where we're, where we're dealing with people that are outside of our comfortability. We can be successful because we have so much of that in us to where if it's lacking in the building, we have enough in us where we can disperse to the audience, you know? Yeah. So that's why I feel as though it's needed because the af- the affirmation and the confirmation and the the love that we receive on that weekend from just us being present with one another it's a family reunion even though sometimes it gets lost <laughs> you mm. know after that after the, after we leave those doors but mm. it's the initial feeling of you being able to experience that 
and that's one of the joys of competing in a black pageant or in or having the privilege of having Black Universe or Black America under your belt. It's the love and acceptance that you receive from your people. That's mm-hmm. so validating. You know, yeah. we can go out and every, we can go out every day and and turn it in the community and turn it in the world and go to your job and do this and do that and do that. It's like a like even on the color purple. She did all this in her life and she still wanted acceptance from her father. We mm-hmm. want that validation from our people. And black America and black universe, these are our people. And it matters much to us how they receive us. That's right. You know, and I. That um, weekend, and that weekend is a definite, you know, is a definite reflection of that. I, I definitely agree because I, I would say, you know, uh, black universe, black America, you know, those systems, um, it is a celebration. I remember Benny talking about this very thing at one point. Um, should they still continue? Should they still continue and that sort of thing? Yes, because it is a celebration. No matter if we go and we extend to the other communities, as you would say, um, I say a mainstream or other pageants or whatever. But you know, it's still a celebration of what we do because what we do here is a lot of hard work. We do just as much as as the next. So we need to celebrate that. So I definitely agree. And you know, another thing is that um, a lot of people that you know, start from the newcomer level up and they move on. They don't aspire to be Miss Continental. They don't aspire to be Mr. US of A. They don't aspire to be Miss Gay America. They aspire to be Miss Black Universe or Miss uh, Miss Black America or whatever the case may be, you know. So um, because you have those entertainers out there that are aspiring just to be that, yes, you know, it should continue. But also with continuing it, the newbies, the newcomers, the babies out there that are knowing or getting to know what universe is or what black America is should respect it. You know, you have to continue to respect this. If the title holders are upholding it with respect, the CEOs and the brand, they're, you have to challenge them and hold them to an account too, to hold it to respect because you're standing, you know, on a legacy, you know? So if, if the formers and, and the reigning court and the board are standing on the legacy at that same token, the the people who are spectators need to respect it as well because if you don't respect it, then no, there is not a need to have it. You know, so I'll, I'll say that on both ends. Yes, if we're going to celebrate and respect it, no, if you're not. Um, how are you guys uh, talking about NBU really quickly? How are you hoping to continue, or I'll say, yeah, how are you hoping to um, or going about um, continuing to impact the NBU system through your reign? You know, wh- wh- or how do you? Um, intend on doing that? How are you doing that? Um, you know. Albion? I definitely know with incorporating um, different platforms, like we have taken the initiative and advantage of reaching out to the community in various ways. Um, like, as of now, I we still have the MBU Cares campaign going on where I'm still collecting food and we're still collecting um articles of clothing and hygiene to where we're still giving it to un, un, unprivileged and underprivileged people and we're going to the um the, the shelters and we're dispersing those things out to those people. Um, we have the Roman Ruler Challenge that still exists. We have the Ivy White Initiative that was founded by Elvion and we still have definitely we are still working with and you'll see this at the prelims, we're working with the Pride School of Atlanta. And I'll give, you know, Roman and Elvion to give you more information about those things. But we have created platforms that can continue to grow even after we step down. Those are things that we want to be implanted with the system so that 
our legacy can expand and so does the legacy of universe cultivate the younger and newer generation. Love it. Love it. Um so tell me well, about the pro- answer to that. Well, yeah, tell me about the <laughs> tell me about the Pride School of Atlanta. <laughs> Roman. We'll let Roman talk about the Pride School. Well the Pride School of Atlanta, um it's a school in Atlanta for anyone who feels that they're misfit to, um, or who doesn't feel comfortable attending any school um, public in, publicly in Atlanta because they can't be themselves, whether it's um, them going through a transgender phase, um, um, they're not comfortable with accepting certain pronouns, whatever it is. Um, so the school has been founded so that you can come to school and be yourself, um, as well as receive the education, the encouragement, the counseling that you need um, to try to get the suicide rate down amongst teens and young adults. Um, who are taking their lives because they don't feel comfortable going to school and their parents are making them go to school. Um, it's, I can really go on and on about the school. Um, however, long story short, it's just a school um, that's found for you where you can go be yourself without being judged. And how can parents um, who have kids, you know, that are either being bullied or, you know, um, may, you know, deal with uh, being, you know, bullied because of their sexuality or whatever the case may be, how do they get in contact with um, officials from the Pride School of Atlanta um, to get their student or child involved? Um, they can just Google or go to prideschoolatlanta.org. Um, there it will be a small questionnaire asking you, you know, small questions about yourself as well as your child. Um, at that point, you can um, submit an application, um, and they pretty much will accept anyone that has a legit story. Um, and sometimes it's not even about being LGBT. Um, some people may not feel comfortable going to school because they're being bullied because they're sad or anorexic or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So once they make the inquiry, someone from the board will reach out to them to schedule a personal interview or they will come out to their homes, um, interview these students as well as their families, and see are they good candidates or see exactly what's their reason I want to be in the school. Um, and then we'll um, have them to do like a financial application to see could they afford to go to the school um, because mm-hmm. it's not um, completely funded, so they do charge tuition. Um, but we do offer scholarships. Um, and I speak we because um, myself as well as Evan and Alvion have been asked to be a part of the interviewing process uh, whenever we're able to, to you know, interview the different candidates for the school um, as well as be mentors at the school. And they want to incorporate things from the drag run to the school, like um, teaching girls how to do their makeup or teaching um, FTMs how to live as a male, et cetera. Um, so oh. it's, just a, it's an interview process, but ultimately um, everyone comes into the school after that initial interview. Okay. I love it. I love all that you guys are doing. Um, Alvion, tell us about these preliminaries. Okay. So um, as of now, we have quite a few preliminaries that are still in the final stages of um, being planned, but we have three that have already been publicly announced and produced. Um, We have Atlanta MBU on May the 18th. That's going to be hosted and produced by Mario Young and My ATL Productions. It's going to be at Club Rush. Once again, that's May the 18th. You can contact Mario or any one of us for more information. Then on July the 20th, we have Hot 
Atlanta MBU. And let me go back. Atlanta is going to be Mr. Miss and Grand, as well as Hotlanta is going to be Mr. Miss and Grand. That's going to be on July the 20th in Atlanta. Um, You can contact Neil Dupree or Alphonse or Craig for more information on that preliminary. And then um, we have Sunshine State MBU, which is going to be August the 7th. Um, You can get in contact with Lady Marissa or Antoinette Chanel Roberts for more information. And that is also going to be a Mr. Miss and Grand preliminary as well. So right now we have three that have been um, produced and published. Um, May 18th, Atlanta, July the 20th, Atlanta, August the 7th is Sunshine State, and we have about three or four more that are in the final process of being planned, like with securing a venue and things of that nature. So just continue to reach out to us, and we'll have the information forthcoming. Okay, I love that. They're inclusive and not exclusive. I noticed that, Mr. and exactly. Mrs. Grand. I love it. So how can one obtain a preliminary? Who do they talk to? As far as, like, Purchasing one? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this year, um, something that Roman, Ebony, and I um, spoke with the board about and something that they actually um, had some ideas about, and we've been trying to put different formers in place to help with certain things so that we can get more stuff done. So this is the first year that there's actually a preliminary team. Mario is still in charge of preliminaries. However, they can contact the former Mr. MBU's, Tariko Ross or Cameron Black who are also on the preliminary team this year. So now we have three guys working hard to secure preliminaries and to help the future of MBU. So once again, that's Mario, Tariko, or Cameron, and they can get you the information on obtaining a preliminary. Please hit them up. Thank you so very much. And what do you guys have going on next weekend? Is it next weekend or the weekend? Retreat. The end of April is the universe retreat in Orlando. Yeah. Okay. What are those dates? (laughs) <laughs> it's April the 28th, 29th, and 30th It's something that a lot of people have been asking about Okay Yeah, a lot of people have been asking about the retreat As you said, um, one of the things that you saw was Jasmine Bonet and Trey Reese um, performing at the NBU retreat So that was mm-hmm. a memory that you had And mm-hmm. a lot of people have been asking about it So Antoinette um, has been working mm-hmm. really, really hard Along with Spanky and some of the other formers to get that going So it's again, it's going to be April the 28th, 29th, and 30th With the kickoff mm-hmm. at the Parliament House um, For the show with the Rulers of the Universe Yeah, Spanky asked me if I was going to come to that mm-hmm. All right well, I, come I, on. I, well, I'm, I'll just be coming back from France, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. But if you guys have so a next year. that plane that brought you to France can drop you off in Orlando, child. Well, it, it is a Delta flight. Um, so, <laughs> so, no, thank you. I, so, you guys have the preliminaries, May 18th, July 20th, August 7th, with more to come, ATL NBU, Atlanta, Sunshine State. If you want to obtain a preliminary, you can speak to Mario Young, Tariko Ross St. James, or Tariko Ross, as he goes by now, and Cameron Black. Um, and then you have the retreat is in Orlando, 28th, 29th, and the 30th. Thank you so very much. And before I let you go, um, what what should we, the spectators, see differently this year at NBU? Is there anything that we should be anticipating? or What do you guys have in the works? <laughs> oh, y'all More laughing? details will come closer to the day. Okay. <laughs> More details will come closer to the day. Okay. But you definitely can be um, be 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 on the lookout for a very wonderful, enlightening experience. Okay, thank you so very much. And are there any lasting words that you would have that you would like to um, say to our listeners out there, or people that will be listening um, after this has been shared on social media? 
Oh my God, nobody has no more questions. I'm always going first. You say no more questions? No. I mean, you I'm, know, hey, no y'all said a lot. In. No, it's a lot of people on the line, but nobody has pressed one. So, oh, I, so look, okay. I'll, I'll give them. I'll give. I'll give them. Uh, ten seconds. If you would, any one of you callers from the eight five three eight five zero seven five seven five zero four 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 nine zero one five zero four two one two three three four. Oh, it's a lot. If you guys have any questions, seven five seven. Come on, VA. Let's. Speak. Okay, they've been on the line for like the last hour. So if you have any questions or, or comment for Alvion, Roman, or Ebony, press one. I'm going to give you uh, ten seconds. Well, everybody press one at one. Um, well, we're that 10 seconds. Some more things that I can, I guess, implement. Um, Go ahead. We'll have a, a new venue this year. Um, oh, wow. So okay. We don't have to worry about the venue scare. Uh, we will definitely be working diligently to secure a venue that will um, accommodate everyone, uh, patients mm-hmm. as well as contestants. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to see um, a difference as a whole, the whole, the way that the whole weekend is friends. Um, mm-hmm. We've Collaboration came up with some new things that we're going to implement as well um, during that weekend. Um, and something else that you can expect to see, we don't want to let the cat out of the bag too fast, but um, Universe will be going international. We will be hosting the international prelim um, this year, so that's something that we're also excited about. And details um, will be following soon on that. Oh, okay, um, international. I like that. Um, international. It, look, is it a place that people are <laughs> going to want to go? <laughs> of course it is. It ain't okay. Your, okay. Of course it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course it is. I'm just uh-huh. playing with y'all. I'm just playing. Don't 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 start. Okay. Somebody yeah, from yeah, seven. Nobody still ain't called. No, hold on. Seven people are here, Ebony. People don't want to, but there is somebody from area code seven five seven that just pressed one, so I'm going to bring them on. Okay. Maybe so I'm let's get scaring them off. So let's so let's some novels, girl. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and bring on 757 last four is 6626 Hold on Alright you are now live To talk with Micah with Roman Alvion and Ebony can I have your name Where you're calling from and your question or comment please Yes this is Ariane Iman Houston from Virginia Beach Virginia hello everyone Hi hello um, Hey hello. <laughs> this is the um of the entire call. I wanted to know how are you enjoying your reign, and if you could change something about your reign, what would it be, and why? Mm, that's a good question. This ain't a damn um, question uh, answer, Darian. Well, since you're you from seven five seven, I'll jump in first. <laughs> huh? Okay. Go ahead, Avian. I'll jump in first. Um, I have absolutely, I have absolutely been enjoying my reign. I'm honestly going into competing for Miss Black Universe Grand. Um, the only thing that I was looking for was the opportunity to once again showcase my community, my talents, and the person that I am, and to prove that a little Southern Belle from Virginia could do it. So I am absolutely enjoying my reign. If there was anything I could change about my reign at this point, it would be that I wish I could spend more time with Roman and Ebony. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> okay. Um, Roman, go ahead. Ask a um, question. Um, am I going to run to the fullest? Um, everything that I thought that I would encounter, um, the horror stories that I had heard about Universe, about 
um, they're so hard, they don't like this, they don't like that, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, it's, I've yet to experience it. So my preconceived thoughts that I had going into the game, they've definitely been changed. Um, so I, I can't, to be honest, I can't say one bad thing about my reign. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, and what would I change if I could? Um, I wish I could extend it. Um, because it's, it's, it's like a ship that's sailing so smoothly that I just don't want it to ever stop sailing. Um, and that's pretty much about it. Oh, okay, Roman. And what um, about you, um, Ebony? My reign is um, beyond what I could have imagined. Um, I don't. I think you said one word to describe it. You said that right? No, it was um, just. Um, I think you did say one word. That one. You can sum it up oh, in one word if you like. It's been amazing for me. It's been beyond what I could expect. Um, with everything that I'm doing in my personal life, this system is aligned with it. And I, um, the only word I could use for me at this point in my life with the system will be monumental. <laughs> monumental. Okay. <laughs> All right. Was, um, she is really trying to be Okay. Very. Uh, thank oh, you girl, so very much. And, and I appreciate you, appreciate you for thank supporting you, and, and calling in. Thank you. No problem. I love thank you, Nikita. I love you, too. I must say um, congratulations to all um, the entire universe court, but I must give kudos out from um, the 757 to the 804, my auntie, Alvion Arnell. I just want to let you know that I'm so, so, so proud of you. And my father, Lavelle, baby, thank you since that he's that time. He's proud of you as well. Right here. He's right here listening. We've been listening to you. Right. Thank you so much. Oh, hi, baby for the weekend. <laughs> hey, baby, baby. for the weekend. Thank you, guys. Thank you so very much. No problem. Thank you, Zarion. All right. All right. So, um, I gotta. You know what? I'm. I'm I always say my name game, so I have to do it. Um, I almost forgot about it, but I have to do it because I do it on all of my interviews. So I'm just gonna throw out a name to each one of you or some names, and you're going to tell me the first thing that comes to mind when you hear that name, okay? Oh, God. All right. So, Alvion, okay. since you said, oh, God, I'm going to start with you. Um, Roman, the first thing that comes to mind when I – I don't know if you heard. The first thing that comes to mind when I say this person's name. So, whatever – it could be one word. It could be a lot of words, but not a novel, Ebony. Okay. So, Alvion – Does everybody have to answer Michael, or is it just – Yes, yes, but – no, but – like Alvion, I'm gonna give her some names. I'm gonna give Ebony some names. I'm gonna give you some names. Okay? okay. All right. So Alvion, yeah, okay. the very first person I'm gonna throw out there is Victoria Snow. Um, iconic, legendary, talent beyond no other, but in all due respect, hard headed. Diablo West. Um, the game changer. Um. My motivator, my sidekick, my get on my nerves, and my crab leg friend. <laughs> okay. Naisha, Naisha Dupree. Oh, my God. Um, mother, auntie, grandma, legendary, hilarious, uh, my new text girlfriend. <laughs> okay. All right. So we had Naisha, we had Victoria, and we had... Diablic West. Ebony, are you ready? Yes. Uh, I'm going to keep it short. Go ahead. Okay. 
um, Daphne Dupree? My mother, my mentor, my best friend, my teacher. She's yeah, yeah. She 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 was the blueprint for me. Okay. What about India Sherry? She was an icon for me. She was she was a pathfinder for me. She was she she was my she was she was the person that provided a vision of what I could be if I applied myself. Y'all are tickled. Why? Why? Why is this girl? That's Avion laughing. I know. Um, okay. I know. And, I know. And, 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 the, the, <laughs> and the the last person is the Ebony Sherry. Um, that's my best friend, my baby, my daughter, my ride or die, my mini me. Okay. Mini. All right, so we... <laughs> <laughs> mini, mini big you. Yeah. So, so, so that's that. That yeah. was Daphne Dupree. That was India Sherry and the Ebony Sherry. And Roman, are you ready? Since you're being a mess. <laughs> I don't know. That's what your that's what your queen says. So, um, so so the first person I'm going to say is Cameron Black. Um. The creator. Um, he was actually the person who actually um woman was always in the room in the womb, um, brewing, but he's the one who actually birthed me and gave me the necessities that I needed to survive in this lifetime. The creator, oh. I like that. Oh, Cameron. Okay. Next person let's jump um the late great Joe Jackson. Yes, respect, ruler. Oh, um oh. I can go on and on. Um, I said, the day that you said that, I have to share this story. Um, okay. Let me keep it a little brief. Um, when I was Mr. Ebony International Newcomer, I came to Atlanta, Georgia. I was living in Memphis at the time. I came to Atlanta, Georgia to do a national walk um, as Miss Ebony. Well, while we were inside the pageant, it started snowing, and the snow had got, like, so terrible that a lot of us got stuck at the hotel. Um, so I was going to the car to take my things back to the car and end up locking my keys in the car. So I was stuck. Um, no tow truck would come, open my car, nothing. And Joe Jackson really didn't know nothing about me. He knew that I was from Birmingham and that was it, and that we were running Ebony together. Um, however, he actually took me into his house and fed me, did everything that I needed until the, the snow melted like three days later um, until I can get home. So at that point, I built such a respect level for Joe Jackson that he's also he's just always been detrimental in my career, and I've always I felt like I had to consult with him or reach out to him every time that I did anything. So, uh, with all due respect, I see Joe Jackson, but I mean, legendary, iconic. I can say many words to describe that. That. that all right. Man. Look, Granddaddy Joe, as as everybody um would call him, Granddaddy Joe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the last person I'm gonna say Darion Davenport. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um I can't even think of a word for him. He's amazing. Um I have a story about him too, so you gotta sit and listen. Uh, when I was on Black America Junior the second go around, um I was at work, none of my things were finished with my seamstress. Um, and I had literally just met Darion uh, for being a mentor. And Darion, 
took him and to go get out of my soul finish, and then he uh, actually gave me a car. I was at rented a car, and it wasn't big enough to carry out my things to Atlanta, so he actually uh, provided me with a car for the weekend and everything else that I needed um, to go to Atlanta and compete. And at that point, I gained such a respect level for him that um, he's just been like a person that I idolize ever since then. Not only does he look good on stage, off stage, he has, he has one of the greatest personalities that you can ever come across. So um, I just he, he's just amazing to me. Yes, he is. All right, great. So we had Cameron, we had Joe, and we had Darion. Um, so, yeah, so now going to my last question before I um, do the close of the show, what um, what are some, you know, last things that you would like to tell our listening audience? Um, you know, what, what do you like to leave? And I'll start with Roman. I'll go with Roman, Alvion, and we'll leave <laughs> the last. Uh, I was about to say Toya again. <laughs> to Ebony. <laughs> You say some things I want to tell the audience. Yeah, just uh, any last words, any last words that you would like to tell the audience. Um, um, wow. Um, I just thank all promoters of other patent systems, um, all promoters of MBU, our patrons of the MBU system, um, of just all the continued love and support that we've received throughout our reign because our reign has been like. Phenomenal the love that's shown. I, I can I can even sum it up. Um, just keep bearing with us. I know um, you may not agree with everything that we do, but everything that we do have a reason behind it. Um, and just keep supporting. And I and we'll I do my best to make you all happy throughout this morning. All right. Thank you so very much. And I just want to say real quickly, I love the popcorn idea um, that you guys had at. Thank uh, you so Black, much. Uh, <laughs> Black. Oh, was that your idea, Alvia? <laughs> no, one, of I, them, one of them. Just but one I really, of them. <laughs> I really enjoyed it because I, I don't even eat popcorn. But I tell you, when I went backstage and I took that popcorn with me, I tore it up. And then some people were trying to dip into my popcorn and all that kind of stuff. But I really enjoyed that. Um, but I also liked the premise or the purpose behind it. So that was great. And thank you so very much, Roman, for your last words. Alvion, you're up. Um, I just want to say really quick that a lot of people have, um, especially last year with um, the venue issue and um, things like that, a lot of people have kind of, you know, voiced their opinions and kind of lost hope and all that kind of stuff as far as contests are in general. And I just want you to know that Ebony Roman and myself, as well as the Black Universe Board, we're really trying hard to put the pageant back in pageantry. It has gotten off the map by going into so many things, trying to help the community, trying to, you know, outshine other systems, trying to do this, trying to do that. But we really just want to bring the pageant back to pageantry, which means the patrons and the contestants and making everything friendly and fun for everybody. So that's one of my main goals in working with Roman Ebony and the board again. We promise you that there will be a pageant this year in pageantry. And before – I want to say before Ebony comes on, I just want to say, universe, um, whether you're listening now, whether you will listen later, um, just keep them on board. Whatever you do, keep the three of them on board. Keep them; they're very tangible. Just that's going to be your best thing. I'm just going to say that, and I'll say that. That's the that's the best thing that has happened in, in a long time, I believe. You know, is the three of you? Is the three of you? No, honestly, you know, I'm not going to say anything if I don't mean it. I, I, I really, I really, I'm a person. I watch. I sit back and I observe. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing. 
Um, and I respect what you're doing, and I'm glad that you're doing it because I really do anticipate you guys having a phenomenal um, preliminary year, preliminary season, and a, a great relinquishing of your title. So, again, kudos. And now, Tatoya, before I play my closing, <laughs> what are your last words? Um, I just want to say thank you guys for all the love and the support throughout the years. And for the old, for the older people who – who were there when I fell in love with universe. Hopefully we'll we'll make you fall back in love. And for the new people, hopefully we give you something to carry on the love for twenty more years because we need you. Amen. Well thank you very much. Um my caller well my guest, if you can just go ahead and um hold on um while the closing of the show plays and we'll go ahead and wrap up like we need to. And then to my listening audience, remember if you would like to promote your business brand or event that's coming up, just go ahead and hit me up, the talk with Mike at gmail.com, or hit me up, Mike appears on Facebook. Next week I'll be in France judging um, Mr. and Miss Europe Continental, preliminary to Mr. and Miss Continental in September. I'm excited about that. Yes, you want to say something? Roman? Yeah, um, I'm oh, not okay. sure if we covered it or not, but um, just a thought out there. Um, we will be in a few cities and states coming up, so um, we'll be in Houston, um for Splash Weekend, we will be um, entertaining in D.C. for D.C. Pride on that weekend. Um, can y'all think of anywhere? Memphis we got, like, Pride. A lot of places Memphis Pride. Memphis Pride. Oh, there, Memphis so Pride. So sure we'll see us. Um, we'll be at USA so taking our walk. Definitely, definitely, definitely support the retreat. We really want you to support the retreat. It means a lot to us to share that time. Um, like they said, it's like a family reunion to the family reunion. So definitely please join us in Orlando for the retreat. After all, it's just how we rule. Amen. So they got a retreat coming up. They'll be in Memphis. They'll be in D.C. They'll be um, everywhere, U.S. Continental, Houston. Um, check Avion Arnell Davenport's page, Toria Washington's page, or um, Roman, Mark Roman Black's page for all the announcements surrounding MBU and any other format that they choose to share the information on the page, which they normally do. Um, but, again, I'll be in Europe next week and I'll be doing some other things. So I thank you guys for supporting um, supporting me. So if you guys just hold the line for me really, really, really quickly, I will play the closing. And thank you so very much. Thank you. Well, guys, so that's actually it for tonight's show. I want to thank the rulers of the universe for stopping by to chit-chat with me. I really appreciate it. I want to wish the three of you nothing but the best as you begin to kick off preliminary season 2016. I honestly expect nothing but the best as you three close out the second half of your reign. Also, to my faithful listeners and supporters out there, thank you so very much for always being there, simply supporting. And to anyone out there that listened for the very first time, I hope you enjoyed, and I hope you come back really, really soon. Now, as you know, each and every episode, I like to leave a quote of the week. And this one is rather lengthy, but it's all for my women and men out there searching for love, sometimes all in the wrong places. So here goes. Money doesn't make a man. Muscles don't make a man. Tattoos don't make a man. Character is what really makes a man. Let a man's character be his currency. That'll tell you what it's really worth. When you actually date a real man, you'll get the, don't worry, babe, I got it. Let's go. Let's do it. I planned this for us. I got you a gift just because. Instead of dealing with, sorry, I forgot. I can't make it. Not today. You didn't text me first. I was busy. Sorry for not texting you all day type of man. You need someone who values you more than you value yourself. You need someone who can speak life into you when you feel like giving up. 
You need someone who feels like a vacation and not a battlefield. I'll repeat that little part again. You need someone who feels like a vacation and not a battlefield. So with all of that said, kitties, choose wisely. And until next time, everyone be blessed.